Hey, 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 closet busters and bold move makers. It is time once again for Life Uncloset. So I want you to gather around because it is time once again to kick down those closet doors of your life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens. I'm the bold move expert and that coming out guy who's going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life uncloset. So come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves, and living life without apologies. Now let's get to the show. Oh, everybody but me has their relationship figured out. Oh my gosh, I wish I could set boundaries. Are you kidding me? Everybody else is doing this so well, and we can't even get along. Well, if you're saying those things to yourself and you're in a relationship or thinking you can't be in a relationship because you are not setting the boundaries and you're not communicating, maybe you need to get a little bit of your self-awareness mojo on and start figuring this stuff out. And that's exactly what we're talking about today on Life Uncloseted. I'm your host, Rick Clemens, and I have some lesbians coming on the show today. God forbid, who actually work with people on really stepping into these spaces that can be really scary. Like the boundaries is fucking scary for many of us. Communicating, that's probably even worse. We think we're communicating and we're not. And I agree with these gals, even though they're lesbians, I have to say I agree with them. So fine, I'm a gay man. I'm going to agree with the lesbos, but it's all about self-awareness. And really getting clear with yourself. So um, I'm going to shut up so that I can invite my new friends into the arena here on Life Uncloseted. And welcome Jennifer and Stephanie Pagewise to the program. So welcome, ladies and friends. Thank you so much. It's so great to be here. Oh, it's, I'm so glad that we connected. I I don't even remember. I know Facebook was kind of the connector, but we ran across each other and this is what I love is finding other people in the community. They're like, we have, we have a perspective and we're helping people figure this perspective out. So um, you guys have been together a little while too, just like me and my husband. So congrats. Mm-hmm. Thank you. It can happen, right? <laughs> let's, yeah, let's, it can, can happen. happen. Yeah. I think so many people are like, oh, gays and lesbians, they never are successful. I'm like, bitches, I'm 20 years into this. Where are you at? <laughs> you know? So, um, but um, tell me a little bit about like, what do you feel like for the two of you, other than what you stand on here with the boundaries and stuff like that? What do you feel like's really helped you to get to this place where you feel like you've got it going and you can help others get it going on? You know, for me, the biggest thing that I think has made a big difference in my life, in our relationship is my self-awareness and self-love. You know, I don't believe that I had a lot of that going on. And because of that, you know, it allowed me to hit rock bottom. And when I, if I can't love me, how do I expect my wife to love me? And how do I have any love to offer her if I don't have a full cup to begin with? So that's really been the biggest thing for me is, you know, um, making sure that I take care of me first, that it's not selfish, it's selfless. You feel the same way? I do. And I would just add that my spiritual connection is what really gave me my self-love. And before I really tapped into my authentic self and my higher self, I also struggled with that. In fact, Jennifer and I broke up halfway through this 12 years that we've been together and we were separate for two years as we really 
dove into our self-awareness journey and really got clear. And because we had lived, I mean, I love that your show is called Uncloseted because we had lived in our self-closet. We were mm -hmm. sort of out, you know, we were obviously living together, but we weren't walking down the street waving any flags. But right. personally and spiritually, I was in the closet mm. and I was hiding. I was, I grew up in a way that I learned really early to slide around the edges of life to stay out of the way. And I got really, really good at it. And so when we hit a rough patch, I started withdrawing and I just kind of slid around the edges of our relationship. And so there wasn't any Stephanie in the relationship anymore. There was this, you know, person also known as who was, you know, bouncing around and doing all this stuff, but I wasn't really there. And so during those two years of self-discovery, I came out as me and, you know, I'm much more unapologetic about being this being who is me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of it that I've learned in my relationship is if I can't identify who I am and show up fully as who I am, I'm, I'm doing myself a disservice, number one. And number two, I'm doing my husband a huge disservice because he doesn't really know then who he's in a relationship with. Yes, and exactly. it's, it's interesting. It's been years ago that this is when Martha Beck was first like Oprah's life coach, like mm -hmm. guru at the time. And now she's, you know, she's gone on to do beautiful things. And Oprah's had a few more life coach gurus that she's, you know, taken to beautiful heights. But I remember Martha Beck sitting there on one of her shows saying the interesting thing about people in relationships, if you're pretending to be someone you're not, and they're pretending to be someone they're not, you're having a pretend relationship. Exactly. And I feel the self-awareness piece. And I know for some people listening, we're going to go a little deep here, probably for a little bit here, just because if you don't go deep, you're going to continue to fuck things up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Got to go deep. Yep. Right. Yeah. You're just going to, you're eventually going to drown. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you don't know how to set boundaries until you go deep with yourself and say, okay, well, here's what's important to me. Right. And I, and I've got, you know, excuse my language, but, and I've got the balls to say, this is what is important to me. Right. right. And this is what's okay with me and what's not. Mm -hmm. Now that doesn't mean your partner is going to go, okay, I can deal with this, but I would much rather be in a relationship with someone saying, this is me, this is what I'd like. And if that doesn't work, we either a figure it out how we can make it work. Or if it's a game changer and it's like a non-negotiable that's never going to work, I'd much rather take the walk than try to keep making it happen. Exactly. It just makes no sense. So I think the interesting thing too that I've observed, and since I've got the lesbos on the podcast, I'm going to lean into their wisdom here. People tend to think that, oh, this is, this is only my relationship. It only happens this way. <laughs> and I'm like, you're so full of shit. Right. If you, just, you have to know how to feel. Right. Sorry. And it's not just gay men. It's not just lesbians. No. This is, this is what Everybody. happens when you're in relationship, you right. know, but I would venture a guess like in my gay men's world, there are some unique things that happen in lesbian relationships that just compound some of this. 
Yeah. Is there anything you can like, oh, I don't even have to ask. Yeah. We, we can answer that question right out the gate. So yeah, it, it's, I mean, some things are assumptions on our part and we could be wrong. Right. So I'll just make that disclaimer right away. But I think, no, 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 we're coaches. No we're disclaimers. No, we're no, we're wrong. coaches. Okay. We're never wrong. We have all the answers, right? <laughs> Every last I, I can't work with somebody that says, well, I need you to give me the answers. I'm like, well, sorry, but we probably shouldn't work together then because I don't have all the answers. I'm going to help you like see your own. Right. But um, anyway, so, all right, so let's dive into this. I can't wait to hear what you have to say. I think trauma is a huge factor in our relationships and what breaks us apart and what yep. stops us from being able to be vulnerable. So with women as opposed to men, so women tend to have a higher level of sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. It's not tremendously higher. It would be interesting to know the truth about that. Right. Statistic. If men actually like admitted that they had been sexually yep. abused, but yep. women are more likely to admit it. Right. Yes. And perceive it as such. Right. Whereas a teenage boy who had a fling with an older person might perceive it as I'm getting lucky when there's a power differential in for females. I think that we would perceive it as much more traumatic than a male, but they're still being taken advantage of. So there's a difference there. There's such, for women, we have so many more layers of, what's the word I want to use? Like, help me out guys. Um, Just things that hold us, oppression. That's the Mm -hmm. word I want to use. So, you know, we, there's, there's different boxes that we have to live in where our voices are not allowed to be heard and to live out as a, an open lesbian is just another layer of oppression that we live under. Right. I mean, we live in a, in a heteronormative society and a patriarchal society. I mean, those are those boxes that are the norm. And mm-hmm. now we are being you know, we are lesbians. So now we're kind of taking away that patriarchal hierarchy. We're trying to at least and and express who we are as women and Mm -hmm. then removing the heteronormative stuff that any LGBT person has to deal with. So you put both of those together. And I think that is what Stephanie's trying to say that just, there's so much added oppression to Mm -hmm. women and then coming out as gay as right. a woman puts the- no, it just compounds it. And, and the same mm-hmm. thing happens in a different way with men mm-hmm. because, okay, we're supposed to be the man and we're supposed right. to do this and all this. And then suddenly, suddenly you get the label on of gay and, Oh, so you're a feminine and you're, a right. and, you know, and so now we fight this, where does masculinity even fit? Right. right. And one of the things I often try to help clients with, especially, you know, guys that are just coming out and trying to figure this all out. It's like, oh, if I, if if some guy fucks me, does that make me more feminine? I'm like, no, that means that that's what you enjoy. So, you know, own that piece of it. But what I often say is think of yourself in this way. If any of us walk down the street and I'm trying to, not be super generalizing, but I think this works. If the three of us were walking down the street, for the most part, nobody's going to know that we're gay or lesbian. Right. They're right. just, you know, you know, 
there may be some assumptions people might make, but I think we could walk down the street and nobody's going to know anything. So why, and which is so different than our black brothers and sisters or Latinos or Asian brothers mm-hmm. and sisters who deal with all the bullshit they're dealing with. These right. Days. Just because of their skin color. <clears throat> right. Just because of their skin color. It's and they're obvious. So if we can move through life, so to speak, not getting beat up until we say I'm gay, lesbian, bi, trans, whatever. Right. Then why do we do this to ourselves? Because we can stand in our own power and know this is who I am. So why don't we lean more into this is who I am other than we've all been through trauma. Exactly. Right. I mean, we have um, another um, gay gentleman, male couple that we know who we had a conversation with about um, the fact that he is sometimes afraid to walk down the street holding his husband's hand because he's afraid he might get death. And why should that be that way? Why should it be that way? It shouldn't a, have to be that way. It shouldn't. And, and that's, yet, I think that's the thing. And is yet, that it, <laughs> we get in that space that it shouldn't be that way, but it's almost, I don't want to say we let it be that way, but it's almost like this is, this is just the way. Right. And it's that trauma mm-hmm. response. Right. I mean, so one of the things that Jennifer and I have been been, been learning in about and leaning in is this kind of cutting edge trauma informed care, which looks at the neurobiology of trauma and how we hold it in ourselves. And so if we have grown up in a society where it says that if I hold my husband's hand, I'm in danger. Right. Even if right now I'm not, there's still that little cellular no- knowledge that says, oop, be afraid, be afraid, be afraid. And if you're not having a good day and you're not feeling really strong and powerful, that mo- voice might actually get to you. And now you're believing it more. And so we are walking down the road afraid, which does perpetuate things, because guess mm-hmm. what? Predators can can smell it, right? Oh God, yes. And then, how do you take that off when you go home? Right. How do you take off that armor that you've well, now put around yourself when you now go home to your beloved? Yes. And try yes. to be vulnerable in your relationship. Or on another kind of extreme, and I've had this conversation with both men and women in our community. You've had a predator at a younger age. Mm-hmm. which does not make you gay or lesbian. I, I'm never going to nope. buy into that bullshit. No, but nope. you've had that happen to you. Mm-hmm. And so then you hide that bit of yourself mm-hmm. and you keep hiding that bit of yourself. You may have talked about it, but suddenly because we don't talk about this stuff and this seems to be the norm, except now, you know, everything it's gets kind of gets thrown out there and then certain predators get let out of jail because well, they're a celebrity. That's just what happens. Um, but it's interesting because I know in my situation, I hit it, didn't mm-hmm. talk about it. So then I carried around this, Hey, I didn't, it helped me understand myself, even though it should never happen to me. It helped me understand myself go, Oh yeah. Now I understand why I really enjoy men and looking at men and all this at seven or eight years old. But then when I entered into the world where I'm like, I really want to explore this it all got shrouded in shame. Yes. Right. And so here we are, we carry all this stuff forward. And then 
to the kind of work that you do with helping people step into self-awareness and establish boundaries and communicate, you suddenly come into this world like, okay, I'm a married guy to a woman. I, I'm hiding this shroud of shame of I'm really gay, but you know, this is what I'm supposed to do because this is what I've been told to do is this is shameful. And suddenly I have no sense of self-awareness. But then when I finally did become self-aware, like this shit's real, I am gay and this is who I am, I suddenly pull this, but I don't know how to set boundaries with people. I don't know mm -hmm. even how to communicate all this. Right. And suddenly there's an example of the spiral. And then you step into relationships if you haven't quote unquote done the work. I don't care if with a coach or with a therapist or whatever it mm -hmm. is. And then you wonder why everything in your relationship sucks. Right. Right. Because you set the tone. Right. And the closer we get, the more triggered we get mm -hmm. because we are, we, when, when we were hurt, we were vulnerable. Mm -hmm. We get together with someone we want to, we want to be vulnerable because that's how where the connection is, but then we get there and we're terrified and we have all of this body memory coming up and all these other things happening and we freeze, we go into those old trauma states mm -hmm. and then we start behaving like a seven-year-old or a 12-year-old. Right. And then our relationship starts to spiral. Right. And yep. forget about any of the internalized homophobia that we have of ourselves. Right. That from where from that being shrouded from that shame. being shrouded in shame, we now come to a relationship with our own internalized homophobia of, you know, I'm a bad person, or we have family members or friends that are now looking at us badly or not accepting us any longer. So we bring that trauma with us. Yeah. I mean, we have many people that, you know, lost family members, you know, oh, parents, yeah. children, you know, I, I'm not even, we haven't even talked about our transgender brothers and sisters and what they deal with when they come out later. I mean, we know people that have lost their children. Because all of a sudden now they're becoming their authentic self and their children are like, well, wait a minute, you used to be my father. Now you're a woman. What do you mean? And they walk away. So they're losing mm -hmm. their children. You know, all of this shame and trauma that mm -hmm. compounds who we are. And then mm -hmm. we want to have intimacy with somebody. But that's the thing is <laughs> shame and guilt and all this stuff keeps us from having intimacy, first of all, with ourselves. With ourselves. Right. And then and then suddenly we expect, okay, we're supposed to have intimacy with another person. Exactly. Until we understand how to get rid of the shame and the guilt and step into this. And it's so interesting because art so much imitates this. I mean, I loved when it first came out, I love the handmaid's tell because it like it was like the epitome of everything we've been talking about, like how women are shamed and, you know, everybody has to fit into these boxes and everything. But every time I got done watching it, I'd be like, just, oh, yes. Like, you know, my skin was crawling. Right. But I'm like, wow, I, I really love that this is happening because it really reflected what I believe. And this is just my belief. This thing about guilt and shame is so rampant in society mm -hmm. as a whole. Yes. Yes. It's not just in our communities. No. It's everywhere. No. But let's put it on the LGBTQ community. Let's let's put it on only the women who are the victims of rape. Let's put it only on it. It's so much. Let's put it. Let's put it. Let's put it. And we're never going to heal the problem of humanity if this is what we keep doing. Right. 
And then in your work with lesbian women, to me, it's, it's, I mean, gay men, yes, we have our own level of bullshit to deal with, but there's something about, okay, first of all, you're a woman. So Mm -hmm. strike one, then you're a lesbian strike two. And third, in a weird screwed up way, the patriarch of masculinity is like, well, but it's two women. That's kind of a turn on. You have that whole thing going on. So there's almost like this (laughs) sick, messed up space where the self-awareness gets so convoluted because we're told, well, no, you can't be that. And oh, you're a woman. So, you know, you're already lower. Oh, but well, it's kind of a turn on for men like to think about this. It's so screwed up. So then suddenly somebody comes to work with you and I would assume there's like so much unpacking and peeling oh, the layers back. Man. Oh, there's so many layers of the onion that have to be peeled before we can even see what the problem is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can see the, the problem at, on the first layer. And then so we take that off. And so we can use the stuff that we learn around the first layer to help us on the second layer. And so we just keep building and building, but uncovering and uncovering and uncovering. So Mm. it's, it's wonderfully intense work. It's so interesting and you see improvements, but I'll tell you, I am 51 years old and I've been on a healing journey for 30 years and there's still some unpacking to do. Right. You know, as a coach, I still am telling you, Mm -hmm. I've been a therapist for 10 years and more than that, really. And I'm still unpacking. So it's not a quick fix. It's not a quick fix. And I do these calls. Well, I do two calls a month, one for guys over 40 and then one for guys coming out mm-hmm. for guys over 40. It's gay men. And we just had one and it was an interesting conversation because it was all about aging. And as I went, ar- I went around, there was like uh, probably 20 guys on the call last time. And I said, so what, let's talk about something that either scares you or you're struggling with about aging, so on and so forth. And it was just so interesting to see all the, there were some similarities in responses, but to see the wide variety and yet some of the stuff I anticipated hearing, I didn't hear. Mm. Like I'm aging and I don't know how I'm going to financially take care of myself. That one didn't come up. Um, I'm aging and not sure I'll ever get to experience like life beyond, you know, my children. I'll never have, you know, see the grandchildren sort of thing. Um, there was another one that didn't come up, which was health came up a lot. Sex, actually sex did not come. Well, yeah, sex did come up a couple of times, but it was just interesting to watch this whole thing. And again, comes back to shame and fear and all this mm-hmm. sort of stuff. And one guy even said, I'm 63. I just came out and my aging has me so concerned that I waited too long. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. we went into that space of, okay, so, you know, obviously how could, how could we help you embrace that? You're not too old. Number one, what do we need to do to create some, you know, awareness of yourself? Like you're right exactly where you meant to be. And I actually said to him, so is this kind of like maybe the first time you've actually communicated that to somebody? He said, yeah, I don't, I don't have anybody I can talk to about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a big problem in our community yeah. is there's Absolutely. not, 
other than yes, therapy, which I think is a great avenue towards that. I think coaching is another avenue provided that they both kind of like, we know where they stay in the lanes. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, I feel like even though I hear a lot of LGBTQ people in therapy or using coaching, there's still a mass amount of them that are like, I still don't feel like I have anywhere to talk about this. You know, we, we go to therapy, you know, if we're going a lot, we're going once a week for an hour, right? Hour, right. You know, mine, I'm going once every other week at this point, And we do a long session, we do a 90 minute session. But, you know, that's not, that's not a lot of time. And that's mm-hmm. not intimacy with a peer. Right. And it feels like, and Jennifer and I have just begun, we started a meetup group in our town and we started hosting community picnics. And as we go into the fall, because we're up in the North, we're going to be doing more indoor or we're every quarter we're doing something and we're going to try and do something small in between because going to pride does not Mm -hmm. build relationships. Mm -mm. That is going to the amusement park one day a year. Right. And that's what we're missing. We're missing intimacy. We're missing connection within our community. We're, mm-hmm. We have ways to separate ourselves. And, you know, within, you know, there's just so many separations and we need to trans, transcend those so that we can all have intimacy in our romantic partnership, but also in non-romantic partnerships. And self-awareness allows us to have true intimacy because if we don't know who we are, we don't know what our boundaries are. People step all over them. We get wounded. We put up more, more boundaries or more walls to keep people out. And it just becomes this lonely, miserable existence mm-hmm. where we don't trust anybody. Right. I mean, our most successful coaching program currently is our group coaching yeah. because yep. they're supporting each other. You know, mm-hmm. yes, we train, we teach, but we have this amazing messenger chat with everybody that's in the group. And yep. every day, the conversation, we can't even keep up with the conversation. We gave up. We, we refuse know. to moderate this. We're just letting them go. And yeah. they support each other. And when someone has an issue, they put it up there. You know, we have someone who, you know, talks about I'm having this issue and everybody chimes in on either they've had that situation or what they would do and how they help each other. It is the most amazing transformation that we've seen with these women. It's been amazing. And it's because they need that intimacy. They need that peer support with each other. So I started my men's groups that I I don't charge anything for. It's like, like I said, one's for 40 plus the other ones for coming out started them a year ago, like Mm -hmm. right at the beginning, right at the beginning of COVID. I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to have to do something here to like connect people. I just Mm -hmm. felt really drawn to it. Mm -hmm. I had no idea whether it would fly. And it's amazing because any given time I will have maybe as little as 10 on up to 30 people show Mm -hmm. up. Right. Nice. But at the core of it is I need to feel some connection. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I've I mean, had we... guys all over the world. I've, we've had guys from India who found my posts on Instagram and stuff. These guys would be getting up at like three o'clock in the morning to yep. come beyond this one hour call. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
in the grand scheme of things, 30 guys gathering together isn't a huge number. I'm not doing it for the numbers. I'm doing it for, hey, whoever needs some connection, whoever needs some support. Absolutely. But it also has shown me, and I love when you said going to Pride, you know, once a year is like going to the amusement park. We tend to think, let's do this. And, I, and I'm, I'm not going to say I'm guilty of it, but yes, I, I use Pride Month as a like constant push. We do these things, we do these things, we do these things, but I don't ever want to let that go. No, we right. need to continue to do it. It's a every continuing month. thing because the issues don't quit coming. No, I mean, no. at this stage, I remember, okay, so I started speaking professionally, well, unprofessionally, professionally at colleges and universities, probably eight years ago now, maybe nine, nine years ago with PFLAG. Mm-hmm. And I used to be the anomaly. Oh, the guy who was married to a woman and he came out of the closet. That was like a, that was like a novelty. Like, oh my gosh, I, I don't know anybody who's done this. Right. And then, you know, things started to change. And then our, you know, our loving awareness of our brothers and sisters who are transgender started to become the forefront, which is still to me now, it's really, truly the forefront in so many ways. But if we don't help build the right boundaries to welcome them instead of building walls, and you said something about that a minute ago, I'm like, I can't let this go. In our own community, yes, we have got to quit building walls. Yes. And maybe there is boundaries, but I think we need to even quit building so many boundaries with each other and just embrace. Otherwise, we're shooting ourselves in the foot. Mm-hmm. You know, what? the first question where, you, where we got going here tonight, you asked, what's the difference between relationships between lesbians and between gay men? And, you know, the, the more that I heard us talking, I'm like, no, it's like... It's all ice cream. Mm-hmm. It one is. might be chocolate and one might be strawberry, but it's all ice cream. Right. We are and, but all then struggling you add, with trauma. But then you, right, we're all struggling with trauma. And then you take for our transgender brothers and sisters and trying to unpack this whole thing of like, right. well, this is how they see themselves. This is what they feel. And then everybody wants to get hung up on, well, it's about the sex. It, it, that's it's a, a secondary it's no. even a third it's tier like sort of thing. Oh yeah. Right. There, there have been a couple of times that I've had to, I've left groups that were supposedly lesbian groups that mm-hmm. specifically put in their description, female born. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. If you mm-hmm. are female, you are female. I don't care what your genitalia looks like. Right. right. If you are a female, you are a female. Right. And when you're going to start putting those boxes up, we are the LGBT T community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. T includes and, the transgendered brothers and sisters. And it was hard for me too. I remember, I mean, yeah. my friend Michelle, who, and we, for the audience, we talked about this before coming on the air. Um, my friend Michelle was, is still married to her wife, but she was married to her wife as a man mm-hmm. and they made the decision to, you know, move forward. And Michelle has been on the podcast. So if you just go, go search for Michelle, of course, now I can't remember her last name because I'm old and I forget these sort of things really easily these days, <laughs> but um, it was so powerful to see that whole thing unfold. But for me, Michelle's a big person. Mm-hmm. 
She's as tall as I am. She's got that bigger frame. Mm -hmm. She's definitely has those heavier masculine features still, but I can see her in her. But when I first started working on the panels, I was screwing up too. I'm like, well, my friend Michelle, because I would look at her and the masculine identity was still there. And Mm -hmm. I would catch myself staring at the Adam's apple. Then I'd like, okay, but you know, I've got to move through this. And it Mm -hmm. took me a few times being on a panel and suddenly like, no, she's great. This is who my, this is my friend, Michelle. And you know, da, 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 da. And I'm so glad I went through that because I don't feel like I ever was like transphobic, but in a way I was because my mind had to do the switch. Mm-hmm. My mind had to embrace ignorant. it. Yeah, I would call, That's a call really it trans great, ignorant. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. And the same thing with fluid gender ignorant, you know, right. that's been a tougher one too. I'm like, okay, I can do this. When I interview someone who's gender fluid or nonconforming, whew. Right. And having to remember all the definitions of this type of sexuality and that. Right. But I'm so glad I right. But I'm so glad I put myself through that. Me too. Me and I feel so, you know, until like last year, I had had, you know, social interactions with trans folk. Right. But then I started having clients. Mm -hmm. And that's a whole deeper connection that I had to get comfortable with and learn language and, and catch myself. It was a deprogramming and with non-binary and non-conforming folks, there's a deprogramming, right? The, the pronouns, we they, been, them yeah, yep. is yep. a whole new way of learning to speak. We've right. been programmed into a binary system right. and think about even our psychology for all over. How many of us are black and white thinkers mm-hmm. and it took many of us a long time to be able to live in the grays. And this is really that it's the next level of evolution of our species. Yes. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. If we could see it as such mm-hmm. and not as people are being freaks, that's not what's happening. We are evolving as a species. People are being right. their authentic self. They're being allowed to be authentic. Mm-hmm. And we, I think that's part of, it. I feel like that's part of like when you, you both talk about, you know, this quantum relationship coaching you do, it's about putting ourselves on some very interesting quote unquote steroids, so to speak, to be more awake, to be more empathetic, to be more open mind. I mean, I've always said, oh, I, you know, well, yes, I've always maintained I'm pretty freaking open-minded until I realized I really wasn't as open-minded as I thought Mm -hmm. and being around transgender individuals and then starting to be with the gender non-conforming and being a parent and watching some parents dealing with children who are saying that there's been some big like breaths in for myself. Like, okay, don't be an asshole. Don't be an asshole. Figure this out. Why is this pushing the button with you? And sometimes I had to go back to my own traumatic wounding of, Mm -hmm. okay, so what might've been different had my parents been able to handle the wounding that happened to me in a different way. These parents are handling it. And maybe that's what's showing up for me is I'm like looking at these parents going, well, you're doing the right thing for your kid. When really what I'm feeling probably deeper inside myself, and this is some stuff I've figured out for me is I was kind of jealous. Their parents are like right there with them. Right. Why didn't my parents do that for me? 
Right. And then as a parent myself, then catching myself doing the same shit to my girls in other ways and going, okay, well, you bitch about your dad being a son of a bitch. You just, hello, father of the year. You just did the same thing. Exactly. And I think this is where we learn again, the self-awareness, the boundaries and the communication becomes such a a beautiful triad of pillars to put in our world Mm -hmm. and in our dating life. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's and very, very difficult for a lot of people to be able to do that. Right. And we have to be those examples. I mean, that's part because, of what, why, because we we're perfect. We Let's not oh, forget sure. because yes. we're perfect. Oh yes. yeah. Yes. We have it all figured out already. We do. Yeah. That's why we get you paid know, the big bucks know. to do this. Right. <laughs> that's why we always tell our clients that we're forever the students because we learn yes. so much from them too. And so I evolve every time. I talk to someone every Mm -hmm. time I work with someone, we're evolving talking to you Mm -hmm. because we're learning more about the gay men's Mm -hmm. side of the LGBT Mm -hmm. situation. And when I, when we had this conversation with our friend that I was telling you about, when he talked about being afraid to walk down the street, holding his husband's hand, I had this light bulb moment, like, wow, I never thought of that. Mm -hmm. But now I have to think about that trauma of what he goes through or what he's gone through and how to help people step out of that so they can be authentic. You know, I mean, it, it just amazes me. We try to stay around people that are very positive. You know, we, we happened to go out to eat yesterday in a town that's nearby us. That's a little bit more conservative, I'll say. And the Olympics were on the screen and it was BMX, trick riding. I don't know what the sport is called, but it's those ramps that they're doing the BMX bikes. And it just happens to be that it was a women's division. And the woman that was coming up was from another country. So it wasn't obvious whether her name was male or female because she was foreign. And Mm -hmm. you know how athletes, whether you're a lesbian or not, if you're athletic, sometimes you may look more masculine. And yep. these people at the at, that were sitting and watching the TV were starting to make homophobic comments. And we just looked at each other like, oh, my goodness. Wow. Yep. But this and this is like in like 15 minutes away from where we live. And, you know, in um, for a moment, I started to feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of like well, and sa- I think and, I and think all safety. of us. Yes. And all of us. Yes. Can feel that. You know, it's like, I hated that, you know, I am my age. I, I, I like to say, I really don't give a flying fuck, but in certain situations I do. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and you know, whether we're talking about dating or how we show up in the world or any of this stuff, you can be very self-aware, but that doesn't mean go do something really self-harming either. Right. Right. We weren't going to jump up and start trying to school these people. Right. We exactly. were so outnumbered. We were so <laughs> outnumbered with all of these people with the comments they were making that we were just kind of like, wow. I was like, hurry up and eat. We got to get out of here. You know, it's just yeah. really uncomfortable. So yeah, but, you can't put yourself in, that, in, in an unsafe situation either. But and then for mm-hmm. us being the quantum folks. So what that means is like, we're all energy and we have to make sure our energy is clean I push myself not to be angry or hateful about these folks who I believe are maybe not quite as evolved as I would like them to be. And so I'm like, okay, allow them 
to be who they are and send them lots of positive energy so that they're not so afraid that someone's going to infringe upon their way of life so that they can be more accepting of the people in their world. Right. Because that's what I want from them. So I have to offer it to them. Right. I mean, our, our spiritual teaching teaches us that it's either a call for love or an act of love. So their fear and their what's coming out, which sounded like anger and hatred, it's truly just fear. Mm -hmm. So it's a call for love. Mm-hmm. So we have to be evolved enough to know that, okay, we're going to send them love. Yeah. I'm not going to go do it right away, right at them, like physically, right. but I'm going to energetically, energetically not right. Exactly. But I think as we step into those spaces, and it's probably a really good place to kind of bring this full circle is to realize sending someone the act of love starts with ourselves. Yes. We have to send it to ourselves first mm-hmm. and whether it's an intimate, you know, relationship with another person, like, you know, spouses or friends or a boyfriend or a girlfriend, it just ripples and emanates out. Yes. And as hard as it is to like emanate some love out in this crazy divided culture we're living in these days, I always find peace in myself when I say, stop the bullshit, Rick. Mm-hmm. Just you know, there's many times I'll be on Twitter or something. And I'm just like, Oh, I just, and sometimes I do. I'm like, okay. I just can't take it. I'm going to say something. And as soon as I post, I'm like, I really wish I would have just stepped back for a minute, mm-hmm. you know, and I would encourage anybody who's been listening to this conversation to truly take what Jennifer and Stephanie have brought forward, that it's their three pillars of self-awareness boundaries and communication that can really guide you in so many facets of life every facet every facet because we're in relationship with every single human being we come in contact with in some way or another yeah and it doesn't matter gay straight whatever it is it's part of all of who we are right Right. we're in relationship and the more we can lean yeah and the more we can lean into that Mm -hmm. and embrace it the more we can be powerful and enjoy the relationships that we have yes yes so, Absolutely. all right, I'm done with the lesbians. You did your, you did your thing for me. Now I can get dumpy and get rid of you, but um, no, I'm Aww. kidding. Oh, don't get rid of us that quickly. We're like so. little puppies though. We follow yes. you around. I know. Likewise. So, <laughs> so really quick here before we wrap up, what's the best way if anybody wants to like get to know you better, get to work with you, what's a really great play for them to find you? www.enchantedawakenings.love. That's our website. And that has our connections to email us, to our Facebook group, everything. That's the hub. Find us That's there. awesome. That's awesome. And you can read about our story. You can hear about our breakup and now our happily ever after. It's kind of a cool website if I do say so myself. It is. As you should. And, and very, if you're just on Facebook, we are Enchanted Awakening. This is our free Facebook group. We awesome. do training there every Thursday night. It's free. Um, and we have over 800 members in there that uh, tune into what we have yeah. to say. So come play along. So come play. Come join That's us. awesome. Very cool. Thank you for taking time out to be with me and sharing. I love when I get to bring other people in the community that are doing beautiful healing work and, you know, just supportive work to help all of us keep moving forward and being who we need to be in the world. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I so enjoyed having you both on the program.
And so. thank you for what you do. I think it's beautiful, the, the groups that you're running. Thank you yes, for doing that. You. It's so needed. Oh, you're very welcome. Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family. Another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end, and it is time for all of us to sashay away and go face our fears, make those bold moves, and stand up to living our life without apology. But before you do, I've got a favor to ask of you. Would you hop over to iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or wherever it is that you're listening to this and just give us a little bit of love if you like what we're doing here at Life Uncloseted. Here's what it does. It helps other people find the show. It helps other people get to know what we're all about. And you just might help change life. In fact, if you really want to change a life, we'd love it if you just ask a friend to take a listen and see what they think. So that's it. Love you all deeply. I'm Rick Clemens, the host of Life Uncloseted. And never stop stepping out, stepping up, and stepping into living your life uncloseted.